What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Alternate Reality Podcast, where we talk about everything gaming, everything nerdy, basically everything awesome. I am one of your hosts, Pharaoh. <laughs> I have Muggin with me. Yo. Yo, yo, you ready to talk about some gaming? Oh, yeah, man. There oh, yeah. was, it was a kind of light week. Game my balls off. Yes. We have a big week coming up next week, but kind of the light week this week, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, and this week's gonna be gonna probably be pretty bonkers with uh, Honkai dropping. I think is gonna be gonna be good. Yeah, gonna be lots to talk about. So, but let's go ahead and uh, before we get it started, I have to do the shameless shilling, of course. So shill it on, brother. Yep. Oh, and I should probably turn my phone off, of course, too. That would silence help. your ding. <laughs> But thank you all very much for supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. Make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash pod if you want to look at anything there. We're kind of streamlining the, the Patreon community a little bit uh, with everything that we're doing with all these updates. So uh, that should be a little bit nicer for you guys moving forward. Um, but you can also go ahead and join us on our Discord, discord.me forward slash A&R. Um, find out anything that you like there. We're also streamlining that a bit as well, but you'll be able to pick your, your roles in any kind of part of the community that you want to be in probably easier moving forward as well. Um, and then of course the biggest thing that you can do is go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple podcast and Spotify. Um, both of those help out a lot. So we'd really appreciate it. And that's the end of the shameless shilling. Nice. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hop right in to the big stuff, going into movies and TV first. So mm-hmm. the first thing is uh, the movie Air. Did you see this? Uh, I saw a trailer for it. I haven't actually watched the uh, program. Did you right. watch it? Yes. Yeah, so movie that came out about, I want to say two weeks ago, maybe three. But um, it's basically uh, with Matt Damon. And um, what's his name? Uh, ben, Affleck. ben Affleck. There we go. Yeah. And they're basically have it's the story of Nike and how they signed Michael Jordan. And honestly, like I am not a basketball fan at all, but everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. I feel like you'd be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't. And uh, mm-hmm. man, I got to say, I'm not riveted by sports very much, but that was just an extremely well done movie. Yeah. It got me super hyped and. It was just uh, so much good drama. Who would have thought that so much crazy stuff went into um, such a tiny thing? I mean, not a tiny thing, but like just. Well, I mean, it redesigned. It re. It basically didn't. It basically re. I mean, it basically like it revolutionized, revolutionized the sports industry. Their say, industry yeah. And, yeah. and brought Nike to where we, you know, where we know Nike to be, which is basically like the forefront of that industry. So. Yeah, just like the signature of a specific person at a specific company, boom, changed literally everything. Even the way that that um, you know uh, players are paid for their merchandise and things like that. So it was it was truly a revolutionary thing that was done there, and it was crazy. So so much cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of Tetris a bit. Did you see Tetris yet? No, I didn't see that yet, and I, I really want to. So I, I think yeah, my Apple, I think I have re re gotten my Apple uh, subscription, so I will be hopefully checking that one out soon. But I like uh, what's his name? Um, t- uh, t- the, the main guy, Taron yes. Eger, 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 Eger Jigger. 
something like that yeah um but yeah very very good movie as well I, I saw that one recently once again it's one of those things where you would not believe how much went behind that game i mean i it was crazy it was a international incident um that was filled with corruption and you know potentially almost murders and stuff like that mm-hmm. All kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. So yeah, did um, did you? I, my really question cool. is like, how much of mm-hmm. it is real versus how much of it is like bullshit? Um, so I did look up. Oh, you did? Like, okay. Yeah, so I did look up like because I, I like I wonder the same thing, and there are definitely some things that were dramatized, but it did it did really have those the broad strokes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like it wasn't like you know. It wasn't Taking, cocaine bear level of uh, right exactly d- d- desperation. They didn't make a mountain out of a molehill or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, because that one that one was the funniest like based on true events I've ever seen. Yeah, um, that thing was nuts. <laughs> real story: but, Bear does cocaine, dies one hundred feet away from bag of cocaine. Movie, yeah, exactly. Goes on rampage and murders many people. Murders everyone. Funny and has babies. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. <laughs> But yeah, so th- that's that's the the stuff for me so far. But for you, see, Barbarian. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't actually know when this movie came out. I let me look it up. Barbarian. Um, it's like a uh, like a suspense. Okay, yes, yeah, twenty twenty two. So it's it's older. But my wife, someone told my wife about. It. I was like, oh, you got to see this. So we we watched it. And first of all, it was not. Um, what I had expected going into it based on like the trailer and, and the name and everything. Um, and I don't want to say much about it overall because I think the less, you know, the crazier it is, but that movie was pretty bonkers. And I mean, we were like, we were like glued to it. Like, um, it, it was good, but it did have the kind of the standard like horror, like girl, why, like why you do that? Like mm-hmm. you why you right. why you go there? Why you do that? Why you make that thing? <laughs> why you make that choice? That's just really stupid. So it does have that side of the I guess I would say like horror movie trope where it's like, why don't we just get in the car and drive away? No, no, let's go hide in the chainsaw room. You know, it's just like anyway. But um yeah, it was good. I, I recommend watching it if you haven't seen it. It was it was definitely worth the time. Oh, that's good. I mean, I, I'll on HBO definitely Max, give a look. I think is where I will be watching. Oh, that makes it much more accessible. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'll definitely give that one a look. Going to watch the trailer. Not going to guarantee the watch yet, but we'll see. Mm. Um, next one here though. This one's kind of a biggie. Peter Pan and Wendy coming to Disney Plus, or mm-hmm. is it in theaters yeah. or Disney Plus? No, Disney Plus. Yeah, Friday. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh yeah, the Friday the twenty eighth. Um. How is this one looking to you? It's the one with Jude Law as uh, Captain Hook. Yeah, is that who's playing Captain Hook? Yeah, I mm-hmm. I honestly had totally forgotten this movie was coming out, and then it like popped up on like my Facebook feed, um, with like one of those trailers like this Friday, and I was like, wait a minute, I I remember this, so I went and watched like the full trailer. And I was like, damn, like I totally forgot this was coming out. So yeah, it's um it drops on Friday. I think it looks kind of interesting. Um. You know, I'm always interested to see how they, you know, manipulate these a little bit for, um, you know, kind of for the modern age. 
Mm. I'm fine with like bringing things forward. I know some people, you know, like with Rings of Power, were like, "Why you do this?" Um, but like, I think it's I think it's interesting. Like one of the things you see it right in the trailer, so I'm just gonna say it now is like when you know Wendy runs into the Lost Boys, they're like, "We're the Lost Boys," and she's like, "But you're not all boys, right?" Because there's like three or mm. four girls in the group, and they're like, "Yes." The girls are like, "Yes." So like, we can be called whatever we want to be called. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was kind of funny that they drew attention to that because, you know, in the original story, they were actually all boys. Um, there right. were no girls. That was the whole thing. They, like, they wanted a mom, but they didn't want a mom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, it looks like the uh, production value is top notch. The costumes look solid and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think that it looks interesting to say the least. I have a feeling it's not going to be great. Um, but you know, I could definitely be wrong. I'm, I'm going on into it, hoping for the best. That's for sure. Cause I, I do, you know, it's a whimsical story, you know, it's from, I feel like all of our childhoods, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, but yeah, I do. I just hope that they don't go like crazy woke or anything, but yeah, judging from what we saw, doesn't look too bad. Um, and definitely curious to see how Jude Law plays out as Captain Hook. Cause I thought that was a. I wasn't expecting that pick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll um, see. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Yeah. He, uh, Which, he's good in most of the stuff that he's in. So, yeah, I'd say um, so. Yeah. But also, did you did you know that the original, I guess the original story of Peter Pan, right, was, I guess, the Lost Boys. So you have the Lost Boys. He killed, Peter Pan killed all of the Lost Boys whenever they got to a certain age. And then Captain Hook was the lost boy that was a lost boy that managed to escape. And he came back trying to kill Peter Pan and free all the other lost boys. Oh, no, I didn't. I I started to read that book Mm -hmm. um, with my son at one point. But like the entire first like two chapters is extremely odd. It's very focused on... um, I think it's I think it's Wendy's it's Wendy's mother and like uh-huh. talking about her and her marriage and you know her trying to have kids and like you know all this other stuff and I'm just like this really feels very out of place so it, it's kind of one of those things like which we see time and time again where like the original source material wasn't really specifically written for children but the yeah, adaptations have geared it towards kids um you know, similar to like the Little Mermaid. Like, if you read the actual Little Mermaid story, it's way different than mm-hmm. you know than the Little Mermaid that we get from Disney, right? Um, right. So yeah, I, I I keep wanting to read it, but I tried to read it with him and like reading it out loud. I was just like, oh my god, and he was just kind of like, what is going on? I was like, yeah, this isn't <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you got to sit down and do that in one of these days. <laughs> well, yeah, just a funny thing to keep in your head whenever you're watching it, but. Um, murder pan exactly <laughs> um, the murder shack the yeah i feel like they could do <laughs> yeah they could do a, a like a you know how we have like so many murder christmas movies now mm. they could definitely do something like that for peter pan later like a on. super creepy one yeah yeah crazy. <laughs> um but all right well let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here mando season three finale so you are on this one just don't get too specific <laughs> yeah because hebrew's lazy yeah um, that is well, exactly and it's it. it's so fresh but i um 
going into this this episode, I was like, there's no goddamn way they're wrapping this shit up. But um, I think they actually did a decent job wrapping it up. I think they left a lot open for season four. Um, so, yep, there's that. And... Um, yeah, it didn't it didn't go the way I expected it to go with some of the like things that um you know were being hinted at and like fan theories and and whatnot. Um but yeah, it it ended good action sequence, nice wind down, uh good open ending for the next season. So, yep. I'm I'm in for it. Nice. Well, yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I've only heard good things so far, so Mm-hmm. I'm pretty pumped to finish it off, but uh, yeah. we'll we'll have to see. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Mario movie closes in on one billion eight hundred and seventy million plus after eighteen days. Man, this thing just crushed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still number one in the box office worldwide on its mm-hmm. third week, going into its third weekend. Yeah. Um, it, uh, and I think this this numbers that I saw were like. Friday or Saturday, you know, Friday evening or Saturday or something. So it may have already crossed it, but um, it's it's basically like one of the highest grossing movies, period, in what they're calling the post-pandemic era of movies, mm. um, which I think is kind of lame. Like at this point, like when you're closing in on a billion dollars in like three weeks, like I, th- I think we can just kind of tie it in with all the other movies that have ever been released. Like we don't have yeah. to separate pandemic versus pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic like the movie theater industry is kind of back in swing and and it's just annoying um so they're like oh yeah it's just it's only behind you know maverick and um uh spider-man and uh yeah you don't need the asterisk by the name anymore but it's like yeah i mean it's like oh avatar way of the water right they're they're the three that are ahead of it still right and it's just like you broke a billion bucks. You're, you're ahead of most of the things like, uh, right. So, yeah, but it's, it's also, you know, nuts, of course, that it's a, um, you know, video game movie making this much money, uh, an animated movie making this much money. I mean, it's, 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 it's on target to break some records just in general. Um, not only just for being a video game, uh, adaptation. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked because I'm hoping that it opens the avenue for more, um, like animated video game movies. You know, mm-hmm. between this and the D and D movie, I think you know we're 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 on deck for some fun stuff. You know, yeah, definitely. And um, I think, I mean, we've already kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but yeah, just like this, just validates the whole idea of bringing all of the Nintendo IPs up into the movies which would be fantastic to see so oh yeah i think super they could, i mean a legend of zelda movie would be you know awesome oh yeah i, I mean, can see them doing that in like the arcane art style or like you know what yeah. i mean like where it's like that hand painted yeah you know definitely. style would be pretty dope yeah i mean like they can literally do with every all of them and you know because like the nice thing about it is that there's just like kind of wholesome attitude to it you mm-hmm. know that you just don't get with a lot of movies nowadays and i would i would love to say like then they could do it with you know ness or anything like that like they could literally go into the treasure chest of ips and just pull anything out basically well yeah and i I think the thing that's not that was smart about this was keeping it animated 
you yeah, know, definitely. And, and 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 kind of maintaining the overall like look and feel of Mario, right? Like when you looked at it, it looked like Mario, um, like three D, yeah, uh, Odyssey, right? Like everything right. kind of lined up. They didn't try and make it more realistic or make it live action, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that was one of the reasons that it played so well because if you look at a lot of the you know video game adaptations they try and go super serious you know like assassin's creed and you know stuff like that and it just kind of feels like a miss because it's always taken a kind of a little out of context um so yeah i, I think yeah. they've made some smart moves there that can be replicated now at this point yeah i agree with you for sure but all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the last part of the movies and TV. That is Doctor Who. They brought in Jinx Monsoon into the villain role, which I have no idea who that is. Okay, so uh, Jinx Monsoon is a drag queen that mm-hmm. was, um, she's a multi-winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Um, okay. So she won her season, and then they did like an all-stars where it was all winners, and she won, you know, she beat all the winners. Okay. Um, and so, and then she's also, or he, whatever, uh, they are um, doing Broadway in the Chicago, uh, playing playing a, a front facing role there. Um, so, like they're they're kind of breaking some uh, barriers for for drag queens. So then I saw someone posted somewhere. Um, I think she, they posted on um, Instagram or something, and my wife spotted it. Um, that the me- the post was when the doctor calls you answer uh, apparently I'm going to be playing a villain in the new season and it was like she was all dressed up in her villain outfit and right. looked, looked crazy so I just think it's cool to see um, some more representation brought in there and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jinx is a comedy queen and she's hilarious so I'm interested to see what side they try and uh bring forward in her if she brings some humor to the role or what especially since david tennant's back first time we've got a repeat doctor right and he was one of my favorites or my favorite I think, he's, so. I think he's everyone's favorite yeah so it's cool to see him come back hopefully um can revitalize that a little bit i know they've the seasons were good but i know that they've been having some issues here and there with some writing and stuff like that so um, right We'll see what happens here. It might be an opportunity to kind of kind of just do a reset, right, with something familiar, and then and then go mm-hmm. tread new water again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I have to tell my wife because she's gonna freak out. I'm sure because she's a huge RuPaul Drag Race fan. Oh yeah, so. well then yeah, she'll she'll know who Jinx is for sure. <laughs> All right, well let's go ahead and move on to the gaming section. So uh, first big thing here is definitely something that I loved whenever I saw it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, God of War, it's celebrating its fifth anniversary. Um, this is the, the first God of War, not the one that just... Or, I should say, it's technically the fourth God of War, but mm-hmm. first of the God of War new series of it. Um, but yeah, fifth year anniversary, and it's a breakdown of the giant, iconic boss fight scene at the very end, which I'm not sure... Did you ever play that or no? Not yet, but now that I have okay. my... Um... Steam Deck, it might be might be making its okay. way down the list. You should definitely do it because uh, I don't think there was ever any boss fight in any game as cool as that. You're literally in on top of a giant, on top of going to various sections of a giant um, 
and battling a god uh, on top of him with another god fighting and intervening alongside of you and your son who's also helping at the same time it's just crazy in all the best ways um, mm-hmm. and visually just absolutely astounding but and it was like a oh man I don't know it was like a 10 part boss fight but every second of it was beautiful and um, they just released some some footage some behind the screen stuff some of the animation stuff but I especially liked the uh, like mocap stuff that they showed it showed them acting the scene out in mocap with the actors and uh, it was just really cool seeing that kind of stuff play out so um, if you're a fan of the series definitely go check that out they they um, released it all on various you know ways a couple of articles they put it on Twitter all that kind of stuff so you can find it if you search for it but definitely do so because it was really really cool to see um, you know just what was going on behind the scenes that's awesome um, yeah but yeah, uh, I I like seeing like the thought patterns of what goes into kind of creating some of these more like these crazy boss fights like Elden Ring would be another one that would be really cool to see them like kind of talk about and they might have already done it because I, I haven't like dove too deep in that um, that uh, like going because I know that game is like got some crazy mechanics um, you know in those Souls games and that Elden Ring is kind of like the pinnacle of it right now um, mm-hmm. so yeah it's always nice to see as a designer, you know, of user experiences, it's cool to see how people in other markets do that uh, to create those crazy ass encounters that you see. Yeah, exactly. Um, really is like amazing to see that kind of thing behind the scenes. So super cool. Definitely check it out. Um, but next thing here, I feel like this is this is definitely much more in your realm. Um, I didn't even <laughs> know what this was or, or I hadn't heard of it before, but Final Fantasy Pixel Remastered sold out immediately apparently and mm-hmm. it is like, like being searched seconds. for like crazy and it's being um you know Scalped auctioned like off on boss, ebay yeah, yeah all that kind of stuff tell. so tell me about that well so the final fantasy pixel remasters was something that was released on the pc and phones i don't know square is so dumb so they released it on the pcs and phones and it's a basically a remaster uh where they kind of went in and uh, took the first six Final Fantasy games, right? And they spru- they got with the original designers of all the sprite work, uh, like the leads of that, and they redid all the sprites from the ground up and rebuilt the games on the original code, but with new graphical assets. They tweaked all the translations because I don't know if you're familiar with the original Final Fantasies, but they were all pretty much translated by one guy, this guy Ted Woodley, Mm-hmm. by himself went and translated all of the Japanese to English um, oh, wow. in those games. So there was always like translation errors or er- spots where, you know, he translated and it, he, you know, it didn't sound right in English. So he would, he would kind of tweak it and modify it right um, to make it sound a little bit better. And then, you know, people would go back who were native Japanese speakers that spoke English and would say things like, Oh, well the, you didn't really capture um, which is pretty common in um, this type of stuff is like the way that something is said or, or written versus, mm-hmm. um, you know, can change its meaning. So so there's been rewrites, you know, where people have gone in and tweaked that in like ROMs and stuff. But like every time I've tried to play one of those, 
Um, mm-hmm. I've always missed kind of Ted's um, like signature and like some of his lines that he put together that came out like kind of funky that have become like, you know, the meme worthy uh, awesomeness of the, of the game. Um, but and they but they added in widescreen support and it's HD, you know, resolutions and all that stuff. So but they never released it anywhere outside of that. So then they announced that they were dropping it on PS4, Series X and Switch because everyone was saying this is so dumb that games that were Nintendo games when they were originally released were not re-released on any Nintendo hardware available, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because remember these were all NES and Super NES games uh, when they first came out. So right. they finally said we're going to do it. They announced it for the anniversary and then everything went live and they sold out in seconds and within seconds all of them were up on <laughs> ebay for hundreds of dollars per cartridge um obviously you can just buy them digital right but you know how people are about you know especially in the nintendo community about physical cartridges um and how well they hold their value or and or go up in value over time so uh, arguably the community is like up in arms asking like for information on if there's going to be a reprint right um Mm. or another batch released the super mega collector's edition for like 250 bucks is still available for pre-purchase um but you know at that you know which is funny because if you're going to get screwed into paying you know 150 200 for the cartridge why not just buy the collector's edition right um right so who knows but uh yeah that was a little bit of drama um <laughs> last week when that happened i saw a bunch mm-hmm. of people tweeting about it and stuff all pissed off and I was like, I'm getting it on my uh, Steam Deck for 13 Because it's like, you know, you can buy one game uh, for like 13 bucks, um, you know, per game. Or you can buy like the whole thing for like $75, get you right. all six games, which is a lot of money. But if you think about it, it's still it's like 12 bucks a game or something like that. Um, and you're talking about like relatively big uh, old school JRPGs. So, I mean, the value's there, especially if you haven't played them before. But, um, you know, a lot of people already own those games. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, I think it's a uh, pain in the ass to deal with all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, you know, it, it is crazy, the fandom of Final Fantasy and how how deep and, how should I say, I don't want to say desperate because that is a nev- negative connotation to it. But, you know, they just love the franchise so much they they'll do anything to get their hands on more of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's kind of that classic, um, you know, supply and demand and, and, Oh, um, for sure. What do they call it? Like artificial scarcity where there's literally no reason for that game not to be, to be scarce at all. Like square can just poop out another hundred thousand cartridges and sell them. They could, they could put it up for presale right now not limit the pre-sale say we're going to take orders for the next week and then we're just going to go make that many cartridges like if they right. get if they get three million orders then they just go make three million cartridges and they've already got their money so it's, it's like the it's like kickstarter right like right they put those things up on kickstarter knowing that they're already going to make the game but now they've got you know fifteen thousand people paid for it Right. So now when they go and make it and pay for all that tooling, like they've already gotten the money for the sales that normally they wouldn't get for months. So right. Exactly. It's just stupid in this market, in this day and age that, that this is still something that's so stupid. Like I get it for a game that's 
you know, 20 or 30 years old that was only ever available on a cartridge, yeah, there's not going to be a million cartridges around, but yeah, dumb. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree with you, but is what it is. Big game in OP. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the next thing. Overwatch 2, a little bit more drama going on there. So uh, Lifeweaver, he's been the the new support character that dropped uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I guess he's been out for about two, three weeks. Um, he is apparently already getting overhauled because he just did not fit the bill um, and wasn't... Uh, really cutting it as a as a new support um but yeah i yeah, thought that I had was... read that he i had read i had seen articles pop up that he sucked i i haven't played i played a little overwatch 2 for like i think like a day or two but it's just like i don't know for me it was more of the same and i already played that game quite a bit so i didn't right. i didn't jump into it um yeah it's uh he was I heard he was pretty weak, so hopefully this will help him out. Yeah, not much to say here about it, just the fact that he is getting overhauled. So if you play the game, expect that. Hopefully he'll be better afterwards, but um, so far I hear Overwatch 2 has been you know doing pretty good. It definitely didn't capture the success that I, I think they initially thought was going to happen, and I think that's just to do with so many factors um, dealing with uh, its kind of staggered release and you know, being broken up into different sections and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, you know, hopefully uh, the characters at least better whenever they're done because it is a pretty cool character design, I'll say. so. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, it's nice to see Overwatch 2, like, kind of start to pick back up. Um, we'll have to see how well it, you know, goes over time. But, yeah, um, yeah, it was always kind of a unique shooter. I enjoyed my time with Overwatch 1 for sure. Yeah. Well, let's go into uh, the next big thing here. And this really is the next big thing because this is Diablo Mm -hmm. 4. So a little bit more news here. So uh, beta is coming back, actually. And this was for, what, May 14th, I want to say? I think it's the week of the 14th, yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, coming back there for that weekend before its launch. Yeah. in uh, June, so I think it's June May twelfth, May twelfth through the fourteenth. Yeah, there we go, and it released on June sixth, I believe, right? Correct, but the first, if you buy any of the uh, non-standard, like the above standard mm-hmm. editions, you get in early. Right. Um, but yeah, they're calling it the Server Slam. Um, <laughs> but there's some really important things about this. Um, that that's pretty interesting to see them do this as part of like a server slam. So, the first thing is uh, they announce they have already announced like these are the this is all the feed you know all the feedback that we collected from the beta. Here's all of the changes we're putting into the game: class changes, right. balance patching, you know, elevating some classes, nerfing some other classes, item changes, um, you know, gameplay changes, and things like that. Um, that patch is going to be live for this. So we will already be able to see the changes based on the last beta, um, mm. which also means they still have two weeks from this to the June 6th release that they could technically patch it. Um, but they did announce that the game has technically gone gold, which means that they're done with development and that it's ready for launch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice. That it, I think it's, I think that, it's smarter them to do this because it's just another giant hype point two weeks before launch, which is just going to sell more copies um, in the pre-sale. Um, 
but the other thing is they're going to be they had an artificial legendary drop rate in the last beta um, so we were getting more legendaries than we would in the regular game so they're removing all bonus drop rates and setting it to launch drop rates so you're going to mm. see exactly what How the game is going to be like at launch so there's not going to be anyone going in at launch going where's all my legendaries nothing's dropping so they've said like we want you to know what you're getting into so here's your last here's your chance to check it out mm-hmm. um, which I think is also I think it's goodwill I mean it's just overall they're very communicative and transparent so far which is kind of not something that we normally get to see from Blizzard yeah it's refreshing and they've also been moving fast like mm-hmm. also definitely not something we're used to with Blizzard. Yeah, we're getting they're 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 tweeting, they're replying to people's questions online, they're clarifying like when people are coming up with like crazy things about oh you said barbarians can't use shield because of something else that's in the work. That means paladins are coming, and they're like, all right, come on guys, like <laughs> it's not that deep. We were just saying that since barbarians can already carry four weapons, that it was gonna we kind of didn't want to give them shields because we wanted to play into the power fantasy, right? Um, right, but I still think I still hope that Paladin is coming after launch. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm totally I'm fine sure. with them releasing like, you know, a character expansion for five ten bucks, you know, every six months or something like that to keep the game Definitely. fresh. That's I'm all about it. Um, and I have no problem paying for that effort. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that's fantastic. As you said, they've done a really good job of keeping up with everything. So. Honestly, I'm going into this one like pretty happy, and I'm excited to play the the beta again. So, yeah, and there's we'll another um, exclusive uh, cosmetic item we can get. Um, so, the cap in this one is level 20 instead of 25, but they said that um, what was it that uh, I forget what time it is. At a particular time, the first ashara world boss will spawn and then that world boss will have an increased spawn rate of every three hours and if you hit level 20 and kill the world boss you get this ashara's horn um like mount cosmetic so like ashara the world boss's horn will be on your saddle um to show that you defeated her in the um in the beta so you know last one we got the like wolf pup backpack where you got like a wolf pup on your back um, so this one they're giving another cosmetic for participation and getting getting that stuff done. So that's cool too. People love them cosmetics. Cool. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. gonna pay off here because it's gonna be great. So yeah, I'm gonna be using it as an opportunity to to test the game on the Steam Deck. Oh um, uh, yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it runs. I, I've heard it runs relatively well. Um, even though the game itself is is not as optimized as it could be so yeah right all right well let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here this one may make some people a little frustrated (laughs) at least but um harry potter quidditch game was officially uh, announced on twitter they released a little video of it um not of gameplay or anything just kind of like a little promo video of um this uh um female student you know playing um like doing some tricks and stuff like that with some of the balls and everything um but yeah this definitely does explain why quidditch was not in uh um, hogwarts legacy i would say because they wanted to make sure that they sold the standalone game instead yeah it's called harry potter quidditch champions um yep is it 
I, I get. Is it the same game engine as? Because it looks a little bit more cartoony. It looks more cartoony. Than, yeah. Um. Than the than the base game than like the Harry Potter game uh, that we got Hogwarts Legacy. Legacy. So I'm wondering if it's just um. Uh. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's. I think it was meant. Like it, it's it's not in the same style. It looks like, uh, yeah. but I think that they didn't want to. This clears up to me in my head. You know, there is no official, you know, information on this, but I I think that they were like, well, we're not going to put in a Quidditch game in Harry Potter Legacy because if people like that so much, they're just going to play that game instead of getting this standalone Harry Potter Quidditch game, which we've been planning on releasing for a while. So, well, yeah, I think, and there's no multiplayer in. Hogwarts Legacy, so yeah, true this is that. an opportunity for Although them to Although that could have been the multiplayer. Like, they yeah. could have had multiplayer in Harry Potter Legacy with that. Oh, but, I mean, there's so many opportunities for multiplayer in oh, Harry 100%. Potter. Oh, 100%. Hogwarts Legacy, like, <laughs> wizard duels are already in the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that would have been, like, sweet to do, like, 1v1, 2v2, like, wizards duels, different arenas and stuff, and then also, um, you know, Quidditch. Or even just like running around the world together doing stuff would be fun. Yeah. But um, hopefully they'll add that eventually. But yeah, I, it's kind of a. It was kind of weird to be seeing Quidditch so omitted from that game um, versus being playable. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. But yeah, we'll see how the game is. We'll keep you updated. But uh, for now, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. And this is. This one is all on you. This is the <laughs> Nintendo Switch Indie Showcase. Yeah. So tell us about the games that you found because I know literally none of them off off uh, based yeah, on. Yeah, I'm trying to find the stupid article so I can remember exactly which ones which. Um, so yeah, I uh, here it is. I um, there were a couple here that that I had heard of that's that that have an interest for me. So I'm just gonna run through. Uh, the couple there was a Nintendo Indie Showcase this week. Um, if you're interested in seeing everything, feel free to check it out. Um, uh, the um, the first one that really I've been dying for is uh, this game called Bomb Rush uh, Cyber Funk, which is basically um, a uh, like a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. So but they've added in like BMX biking and skateboarding in addition to rollerblading uh, in like a cyberpunk punk city, but it's the same like art style and music, etc. So that one looks super, uh, super sweet. And they announced the official date of August 18th for that to drop. So um, that one is pretty cool. Um, looking forward to that. And then uh, another then there's two other sequels, two sequels that are coming out that look really interesting. Blasphemous 2. Um, Blasphemous was pretty sweet. I've, I've got a little bit of time into that. Um, I picked that one up recently. Very, very good game. Very uh, different in the Metroidvania kind of style, you know, platformer where it's got a very dark uh, underpinning and, and tone to it. Um, so we're getting Blasphemous 2. And I did notice in the trailers that it looks like there's going to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more, what you call it, uh, speed and verticality to the game. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then the next um, big one is Rift of the Necro Dancer. Uh, so that one, 
is going to have uh, a different kind of play style than the original Rift of the Necro, uh, the Necro Dancer games. Those are rhythm games. Uh, they're really good. They actually did a um, Zelda version of it where it's all like Zelda music and you're playing as a character in the Zelda world. Um, the uh, so, But this one has more of a, um, like a movement thing uh, going on with it. So... Uh, that should be pretty interesting. And then the last one is an update for Cult of the Lamb. Um, it's getting an update with some new uh, stuff to do in the game, new bosses, new um, uh, cultists that you can grab and stuff like that. So that one is looking pretty uh, fun. That game got really, um, really good reviews and a lot of people liked it. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a hold of it still when I have some time. Um, and uh, that update will be much welcomed. All right. Well, that's good. Glad that uh, you have all those fun little games coming up in the uh, Nintendo Indie Showcase. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the biggest thing coming out in the next few days. And that is going to be for sure Honkai Star Rail. We mm-hmm. already spoke to the patrons a little bit about that um, before the show. But, yeah, we just kind of wanted to alert everyone that is coming out. I think we've spoken a little bit about it before, but, I mean, how pumped are you for this game? I'm pretty stoked, man. Um, I honestly don't really know exactly what to um, expect from it. Uh, But, yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, diving into that. there's um, a lot of really cool things that I've seen for it, so the gameplay looks more in line with kind of what I'm after. I like a good mm-hmm. turn-based um, our RPG. It allows me a little bit more leniency and like you know, oh, I gotta put this down for a hot second kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, which is nice. Uh, how are you? How are you feeling? I mean, I'm feeling great about it. I I'm super pumped. You know, obviously, I'm a huge Genshin fan. Um, so I've been literally watching and waiting for MiHoYo's, um, you know, next two game releases, this one being the first one, mm-hmm. um, for like a really long time now. So uh, I'm just finally glad to see this thing um, be released. It looks great. I'm looking forward to having all of the things that I love in Genshin be a part of this game, one of which is is literally just the consistency of content that for sure is a gigantic thing for me that I've learned over time is that like I mean don't get me wrong they don't always hit the mark with the content that comes out like maybe it's not quite enough or or whatever but they literally have never got off schedule since they released the game and gave like we're going to be coming out with content like basically every month and a half and they have always hit the mark except for one time during COVID. They had to push it back by a week. Like, mm-hmm. that is how good this company is um, at getting their stuff out and how committed they are to do it, which is a, a gigantic thing in this industry, especially in this day and age. So, um, but yeah, really looking forward to that and really looking forward to the um, gotcha system there because you know regardless of what people say about how expensive characters can be in Genshin or whatever um, they let you they give you plenty of currency to pull for free 
and you don't need any of them to beat the game. Like, you don't need them. They're just for fun if you love the game. And that's what I like because I hate being blocked by difficult content that forces me to buy characters. That's not what I want to do. I want to invest in characters because I love the game, not because I feel like I have to get them to beat the game. So Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at some of like the earlier tier lists that are based on... Um, you know the beta stuff and mm-hmm. i did see that um you know there's been a good amount of um there's a good amount of characters that are uh four star that are in the s and ss tier mm-hmm. um which is obviously extremely uh great um, yeah in that regard yeah and i mean like you know at the end of the day you know assuming that it is like genshin which seems to be like these are kind of core values of mihoyo but you know like even with characters that are not in top tier, because there's a lot of four-star characters in Genshin that are top tier, but even you can still beat the game with ones that are not in top tier. Like mm-hmm. it's just about how you work it, how you itemize, yeah. and do all of these things. So that's the things that I really appreciate about this game, and I'm just super stoked to get started on it. You know, we mentioned the other week we have a podcast coming for it, so obviously we're both very excited. Um, and yeah, it's just. Um, it's just going to be really, really cool to go through it. And especially it being this game style, I think we're all pretty hyped to get into it. Yeah. And it's, and it is a, you know, like a um, sci-fi uh, theme. So it's not like they're just going, Oh, well here's another, you know, fantasy anime based, right. um, you know, game, but turn-based it's a new IP and a new, in a new space and everything. Yeah. It's so, not Genshin turn-based. Yeah. It's, it's its own thing. Turn-based. Right. Yeah. So yeah, very very pumped about that. Anything else you want to add before we finish it off? No man, just um, looking forward to uh, checking that out with the rest of the community mm-hmm. and uh, kind of just seeing how everybody does. It is it is you know like it is a um, you know primary single primarily single player game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not there's not we don't even know what kind of. Um, Multiplayer. Multiplayer is even in it. I don't think there was any in the betas, and I don't know if there's been announcements for any. Um, you know, maybe at some point we'll get guilds or guild raids or something like that. It looks like there's probably going to be some coming in the future, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be like heavily multiplayer based. Similarly to Genshin, like you can you can do a, you know good about multiplayer stuff, but it doesn't revolve around multiplayer. So. Yeah, I know Chu had made a post in. Um, you know the the discord where he's like so there's no multiplayer what's the benefit of a spend then uh and i was kind of i i I'm, a, I'm gonna post a message there but it's kind of like well the same benefit of all the money that that everybody's spending genjin which is to you know get the cool character that you want get the i mean because of most five stars are going to be better than a four star like oh yes um I think Farm Geek had said uh, so. Pulls basically set your difficulty level, so it's like to an extent, yes. Like you can farm your way in Genshin through past that if you get the right artifacts and, and, and equipment and weapons and stuff. Um, so, and I I will assume that the same thing will be uh, here as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. So, anyways, looking forward to it. Like, definitely want to have a lot of fun with it. So we'll keep you guys posted. But for now, that's going to end it for this week, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Muggin. Thank you. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.